pop, pop, popsicles, ice, ice, icicles, test, test, testing, one, two, three. <laughs> oh, I'm horrible. Hey, uh, what the hell is going on, everybody? I'm Alan Gerding, your host for this episode of the Tuesday Night Podcast. It's a podcast all about tabletop games that you can play on, above, under, outside your table. Damn it. SBJ's not here to host, obviously. I've, he's much better at this than me, but it's you and me today, because for the first time ever... We're having a solo episode, meaning we've never had an episode with just one person. So let me explain. Let's get to orders of business, shall we? So first of all, let me, on the behalf of Tuesday Night Podcast, apologize about last week. There was supposed to be an episode. It was going to be an SBJ B-team episode. They were going to have a zero episode, but SBJ texted us and said some technology thing happened. Something maybe exploded. I'm making that part up, but no episode. Really sorry about that, but here we are this week. Also, we still haven't gotten to talk about the Kingmaker game. For those of you that are regular Tuesday names, on episode, I believe it was 58, we discussed Kingmaker, this game idea that SBJ wanted to brainstorm. And we had so many people write in, so cool, with so many ideas. In fact, some people actually made cards and sent us pictures of cards, like they're playing the game Kingmaker right now. And no submission was the same. All of these people's submissions, totally different. The other thing we're going to get to is the Necroboomicon contest. So we also announced that we would be tweeting about Necroboomicon, which is the first expansion for two rooms and a boom. And if you retweeted us at PlayTKG on the tweeter, then you would be eligible to win a pre-release copy. We're going to get to that too. Speaking of Necroboomicon, it is coming to Kickstarter very soon. Sean and I are working really hard to get that cracked away. Hopefully it will be sometime in December, January. The sooner the better. We're hoping before the new year. SBJ always likes to take off during the Christmas holiday, so maybe you can expect a holiday spectacular from me, where I'll be hosting instead of SBJ for a few episodes like this one. And speaking of episodes, this is a zero episode, so let's cue in the F-Zero music, right? Yeah. <laughs> What is a zero episode? It's any episode that ends in zero. This is episode 60, yeah! So episode zero is a launch pad for new listeners uh, that don't want to start at episode one. So this episode, I'm going to talk all about the Tuesday night podcast itself. It's a podcast episode about the podcast. If you are a new listener, we call our listeners Tuesday Naves. So congratulations on being a Tuesday Nave. All right, so let's get on with this zero episode, and we're going to jump right into uh, the topic of the episode. 
Excuse me, Sam. Do you have the time? But of course, it be topic time. Topic of the episode is different every episode. Hence why it's called the topic of the episode. In the zero episode, the topic's always going to be about the podcast. So as I said before, normally our host is SBJ. He's not available right now. He died. I tried to get Sean McCoy. He's dead. So I got excited about calling up the B team and having a B team zero episode with them. So I called Logan and Will. Yeah, they're dead and dead as well. Even Captain Chestbeard. He's swimming with the fishes somewhere. Anyway, it's ridiculous. It's just me and that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. So I apologize. If you're not a huge Alan Girding fan, this episode may not be for you, but by golly, I'm going to get through it and I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about the Tuesday Night Podcast. What is the Tuesday Night Podcast and what is this show all about? Obviously, we typically have a topic of the episode. Sometimes it's been... What Christmas gifts do we recommend in the gaming industry? So we had $5 gifts, $10 gifts. Maybe we'll do that again this year. We've had episodes, as I mentioned before, where we brainstormed. We had one episode that was pretty popular, which was about journalistic integrity in the board game industry. So we always have a topic, and this is where we'd love it if listeners, Tuesday Knaves, go ahead and send us a message in response to any of the topics we're talking about. Because we want to make it a community of sharing ideas. So why the name Tuesday Night Podcast? That's a good question. It's because it's based off of a company I started with Sean McCoy called Tuesday Night Games. It's a really small game publishing company just trying to make it. And that's what this podcast is pretty much about. So people can learn from our mistakes and our endeavors and maybe do a much better job than we do, which probably isn't going to be that hard to do considering we've been at this for, oh my God three years now and we have one game oh which by the way that's huge news two rooms in a boom the one game that has been released and published should be available for purchase on amazon right meow so if you go on amazon you can go ahead and buy it check out your local gaming store. Maybe they're one of the few retailers that are carrying us because we don't use a distribution model. That's something else we talk about here on the podcast. But anyway, that's a big deal because normally couldn't get it for the longest time. And that's a whole nother story in of itself. News announcement over. So yeah, we're Tuesday Night Games and we made two rooms and a boom. And we successfully kickstarted Anthony Birch's game, World Championship Russian Roulette. And throughout this process of trying to do these things, I learned a lot from talking to other people in the industry. So I made some friends with some industry insiders, if you will, other publishers, and I was amazed at how nice they were when we'd asked for advice. And I thought, you know what? We should pay it forward a little bit. Let's make a podcast. We are not typically like the other gaming podcasts you may know and think about because we're not all about reviewing games. Instead, what we do is we take an inside look at the board gaming industry. And all those people I mentioned before that helped us out, these industry insiders, well, because we've established this nice relationship with them, we go ahead and we invite them on the show and they normally fill up our guest roster. But no guest today because it's a zero episode. You can't really have a guest on a zero episode. So who are we? Well, SBJ, he's normally the host. 
and he is also a host for another podcast. It's super effective. It's the Pokemon podcast, and if you really like Pokemon, you should check it out. It's a pretty big deal. It's, it's amazing. Anyway, but SBJ wanted to do a board game podcast. Jumped all over that. Ha <laughs> We got him. But not for this episode. Who's Sean McCoy? Already told you. He's this amazingly nice, jovial fellow that I met through the industry. He used to work for Arcane Wonders. They made Mage Wars, and they make a lot of other games nowadays too, like the Royals. And I met him through Arcane Wonders. Arcane Wonders at one point hired me to do videos for them. So if you check out the Mage Wars tutorial videos, you're gonna see me, Alan Girding, and you can put a face to this voice that you're listening to right here and now. But because of that, Sean and I met each other and we brainstormed two rooms and a boom, and we decided, hey, let's start our own game company and sell two rooms in a boom. Then there are occasions when Sean nor myself can make it. And so they've nicknamed themselves the B team. So if there's an episode where it's SBJ and Logan and Will, that's the B team. So Logan and Will, they are regulars on SBJ's other podcast, It's Super Effective. So there's a lot of nepotism and incest going on between It's Super Effective and this podcast, obviously. Uh, and then I mentioned Captain Chessbeard before is our volunteer program manager. He's just some salty sailor that came off the boats and he was a fan of the podcast, but was really frustrated that we would go off topic too much. And so his job is basically to chime in whenever we're going over budget or we're behind schedule and he just tries to keep us in line. And I guess that just leaves me. Who am I? Well, Every episode in Tuesday Night Podcast, I used to say I'm from Cleveland and I got criticized for that. So instead, I just give a random fact about me. And right now we're only at random fact about Alan Girding number 11. And here's the random fact. I was an overweight child. I used to be nicknamed Roly Poly. Kids would make fun of me. They'd roll me down hills. So yeah, I had a bit of a weight problem. And you know what? Story time. Let's go into this a little bit because it actually has a lot to do with how I got into the board gaming industry. So some people criticize my mother for this. And my mother, by the way, was on the podcast for the Mother's Day episode, but she sat me down one time and I never forget. I was about 10 years of age and she said, Alan, I'm your mother and it's my job more than anyone else's to let you know if you're fat and Alan, you're fat. You need to lose weight. So I was trying to lose weight and I was failing. And I remember her putting restrictions on my diet. She would say, Alan, you can only have three Oreo cookies a day. Because that was, that was my jam. That was my good stuff. I loved Oreo cookies. So good. Love the chocolate, double stuff, the best, right? And I remember just thinking about it on the bus ride home from school. Oh, I'm going to get my three cookies. And I never even tried to ration them out. As soon as I went home, I like ran and got out of breath as I was running up the driveway, muscling past my extra weight. And I'd get in and I would just down three cookies right away. But I just remember obsessing all day about those Oreo cookies. Because of that, I wasn't actually what you would call an athlete. 
And I remember one of the most memorable times I had was with a little board game called Hero Quest. Hero Quest. Deep inside another dimension, face battling barbarians and evil magic on a quest for adventure in a maze of monsters. Because even though I wasn't athletic, I remember I got Hero Quest as a gift for Christmas for my father. And so I got to play it with my brother and a couple of his friends. That really, really started my love for board games. And to this day, I still have a very close and special place in my heart for HeroQuest, as I think pretty much anyone else who shares that experience in their childhood does. If you played HeroQuest as a kid, <laughs> you love HeroQuest. Now, by today's standards, yeah, it's highly flawed, and it's the nostalgia that really makes it great. For instance, one of the problems in the game is this monster grinding technique I've heard some people call it. I've heard it called many things, but basically, like the heroes each take a turn. There's a barbarian hero, a dwarf, an elf, and a wizard, and it's four people against the evil Zargon. And when I had the game, since I owned the game, I was Zargon. Which was kind of cool because I felt like I had the power in the game. Just like this overweight, nine, ten-year-old kid playing with his older brother and his older brother's friends. And they were four years older than me, so I thought they were cool. And it didn't matter that I didn't have any friends at school because my older brother and his friends were nice enough to hang out with me and play Hero Quest. And here I was in charge of this game. Something is coming. Something angry. Hungry for your blood. It is almost here. What is it? It's the Thessal Hydra, I'm telling you. It's not the Thessal Hydra. I'm telling you, it's the Thessal Hydra. The Thessal Hydra! Ugh! Damn it! It roars in anger! Will, your action! What should I do? I Fireball him! So it was great playing with my brother and his friends. There's my brother Chris Gerding, and then John Prentice and Mike Frone, and then we even had room for a fourth, which sometimes my father would step in and play, and that was kind of scary because just imagine the scariest person in the world, and I can almost guarantee they'd be scared of my father. At least that's what I thought in my mind, because that's how scary my father was. I was really brave as a kid because nothing was as scary as my dad. Like, oh, you want me to jump off this bridge into the water? Yeah, yeah, no problem. I mean, my dad's not down there, right? Okay, well, I'll jump. I'll be the first one to go, guys. Oh, you guys want my fat ass in this barrel? You want to see what happens if we roll me down this hill in a barrel? All right, cool. I'll do that. No problem. I'm not scared of that because my dad's not in the barrel, right? Anyway, so here we are playing Hero Quest, and I had the power. And all of this just to explain the monster grinding technique. What would happen is the heroes take a turn, and then the monsters would take a turn. And all the heroes would do is they would make a formation outside of a room's door. So only one monster could come out at a time because part of the rules were monsters can't go through heroes and heroes can't go through monsters. So in order to attack the heroes, I'd have to move one monster at a time into the outside of a room where they're all waiting just to mug my monsters. So that's just one example of how it was flawed. I'm rambling about Hero Quest because it's amazing. And to this day, if someone says, you want to play some Hero Quest? I'm totally down. Here's the problem. The game only comes with 14 quests. 
Because that's the other cool thing. We talk about legacy games nowadays. Hero Quest, totally campaign setting. What you do in one mission carries off into the next. In fact, part of it was building up your gold and treasure and artifacts so you can become more and more badass in the future missions. But there was only 14 missions and I could play today and I'd still love to, but I've memorized pretty much all of those missions because I've played it with so many different groups throughout the years just because of nostalgia. Anyway, fat kid, ostracized by my peers, got to hang out with my older brother, really cool. In fact, since it's story time, let me just go on because I'll never forget this. Michael Ferrone. Michael Ferrone, my brother's best friend growing up, Michael Ferrone was the first kid who ever spent the night at our house, and he's still a big friend of the family. But this was a big deal to me because I was really young, four year difference, so my brother's like, you know, we're eight, so I'm four, maybe he was nine, I'm five, I don't remember the years, but anyway. Michael Frone spending the night, and this blew my mind. Wait, what it, wait, you're telling me another kid's coming over and it's gonna stay over? Like that's allowed, that's part of the rules? Like in the morning when we're eating our lucky charms, he's still gonna be here? Like what, this is amazing. And as the typical lonely little brother, cause I wasn't made fun of yet cause I wasn't going to school yet, but still I followed my older brother around everywhere. So when Chris, and Michael went anywhere, I went, me too guys, me too. And like, yeah, you too. And so they let, like, they went for a hike in the woods. Here comes Fat Al just coming around. Hey, me too guys, me too, wait up guys. Constantly following them. And then eventually it was time to go to sleep. And I said, hey, me too guys, me too guys, right? I'm like, yeah, sure. So my brother had what's called a trundle bed, which I don't know why, to me that sounds weird. But anyways, it's one of those beds that has a drawer that pulls out and then it's a second bed. It's like a bed, not a bunk bed, but there's a bed drawer. Anyway, so my brother's on his bed, Michael Frone's on the trundle bed, and I had my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle sleeping bag that I pulled into the room. Me too guys, right? Me too, yes, you too. Said, hey, you guys, if I fall asleep, you're gonna wake me up, right? Cause me too. Yeah, we'll wake you up. Nothing without me, right? Yes, you too. Go to sleep, whatever. And right away, I was asleep. And here's where this story is going. There's a reason for this. I wake up and I'm pissed. I'm pissed. Cause do you know what I find? I find an open canister of double stuff Oreos, totally empty. So they had an Oreo party last night without me. And so I go over to my brother and I slap him in the face. What was that for? And I told him, that was for having an Oreo party last night without me, bro. Oreo party without me, you said me too. You said me too. And I'll never forget what my brother said. Verbatim, he said, Us? That was you. And that's when I noticed I had all of these Oreo crumbs all over me. And I didn't believe him. I didn't believe that, cause I didn't remember having an Oreo party, so naturally they're just being jerks. They're having a little revenge on me, making fun of the kid that's overweight and they just crumbled all these Oreo cookies all over me. But here's the thing, it wasn't until I was a freshman in college and I took my first introductory psychology class. A psychology class so awesome that it forged the rest of my future because it was in that class I decided that's what I want to do with my life. That is what I want to be. I want to be a psychologist. So from then on I went and became a psychologist. Let me get back to the point. We learned something amazing about sleepwalking. You know who does sleepwalking? You know who sleepwalks? I'm asking you Tuesday knaves that are listening to this if you have ever done any sleepwalking. Because here's the amazing answer. 
Yes, you have. Everybody sleepwalks. It's a normal thing. The most common thing people do when they sleepwalk, go to the bathroom. They get up, they go to the bathroom. You ever fall asleep on the couch and then you wake up in your bed? Yeah, it's because you went sleepwalking. Or it's because I'm a creeper and snuck in through the window and moved you from the couch. Hey, let's, let's go to bed. Let me tuck you. No, that's, I don't know why I'm being creepy. Anyways, this is what happens. No chest beer to keep me in line. Anyway, when I heard that in my psychology class that we all sleepwalk, in fact, it's very common for young children to have eat sleep behavior disorder, which is where you sleepwalk. And what do you do while you're sleepwalking? You eat. So it all made sense. And I realized right then and there, oh my God. They were telling the truth. And this made so much sense because for years, I just assumed they crumbled the cookies onto my chest and all over my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle sleeping bag. But I could never for the life of me figure out how they got the Oreo cake in my gums because man, it was everywhere. And then I realized, oh, I was sleepwalking because according to Chris and Michael, they were talking for about an hour and I was sound asleep. And then I suddenly just sat up and walked out of the room, walked down to the kitchen, and went to the forbidden Oreo jar and grabbed the whole thing of Oreos. Now here's what's crazy to me. I'm sleepwalking, and for those of you that are savvy with the psychology of sleepwalking, basically it happens when you're in NREM stages three and four, which is just a fancy way of saying that your brain is almost completely turned off. So I have almost no brain activity, but I'm still able to walk around and interact with my environment. But apparently, even though my brain's almost gone, I still have the wherewithal to think, me too, guys, me too. So I go ahead and I take those cookies not back into my bedroom. I don't eat them in the kitchen. No, I take them to my brother's room where Michael Ferrone is waiting because me too, guys, me too. And then Chris and Mike said they just watched me devour at an alarming rate an insane amount of cookies. Hum, hum, hum. And then just passed out, just fell asleep like that. And then woke up, slapped my brother awake, and this is the story of the Oreo cookies, which makes so much sense. Because man, I was promising my mom, mom, I'm only eating three cookies. You're lying, you're gaining weight, Alan. I swear, mom, I'm doing my best, ma. I'm not, I'm trying. You're not, you're gaining weight. I was trying my best. This sucks. I mean, thinking about this in the past, totally, totally tried my best to only eat three Oreo cookies a day. I was very diligent, obsessed about it. And here I was not even enjoying them because I was doing it when I was sleepwalking. Man. Anyway, this is kind of the idea of the podcast. The podcast is us kind of rambling, but you got to hear about HeroQuest and that brings us to the next segment of the show, which we often have, and that's known as Table Talk. It's time for the Table Talk. So Table Talk is when we typically go ahead and talk about games we've been playing lately. We also have an elevator pitch, which we usually do, which is where someone has to sell a game, not teach you how it's played, but sell a game in a minute. 
And normally we ask for some random suggestion on who we have to be. So in one example, we had our guest, Lindsay Road. She got the suggestion of being Christopher Walken as the Terminator. So she had to give a pitch for a game in 60 seconds while acting like Christopher Walken as the Terminator. It's a fun thing, but for now, since I don't have these random suggestions in front of me, I'm just gonna tell you some of my go-to games. Because the one thing that I always say in this podcast is a little blasphemous. I don't think the purpose of games is for the games to just be fun on their own. Don't get me wrong. Of course, games need to be fun. But what's more important than the fun factor is creating memorable experiences which enable fun outside of the game. If the game is completely fun on its own, I don't need other people. And guess what? In my opinion, that's kind of what video games are for. Video games, all alone, beep, 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 all day long. But tabletop games, the beauty of them is that you get face-to-face time with friends and maybe strangers who soon become friends. So the whole purpose of a game is to facilitate these memorable experiences, these bonding experiences with friends, in my opinion. So it's no wonder why all of my favorite games are basically games that are the easiest to host and really rewarding for other players. So it's really easy to learn, get in, have some fun, get out, and maybe even they're not so distracting that you can't talk with the other players. So for instance, I've talked about a lot of these games already. One of my favorite games is Ink and Gold. Ink and Gold, Alan Moon, Bruno Fadidi. It's a great press your luck game. It's super easy to play. I've talked about it tons before. Another game which I'm really excited where I'm not sure if it's classy for me to mention, but it's Matt Fantastic's You Mad Bro, and we're currently in the talks to try to publish this thing. But You Mad Bro is, again, another press-your-luck game, super simple, bare bones, plays a lot of people in a short amount of time. It's a great game. It's so simple. It's stupid. People laugh, and you can play it if it's 3 in the morning, if your group's inebriated, whatever. Another game, which is also Press Your Luck, is Dead Man's Draw, which is now known as Captain Carcass. That's done by Mayday Games, but it's really great. We talked about it in the pirate episode. And I guess the reason I like Press Your Luck games so much is because of what I already said. They're very simple to get into. Codenames is another great game. Codenames works with huge numbers of players. So as crazy as it sounds, a lot of people just do it four player, two teams of two but I've played it with two teams of seven. And that was actually at BGGCon. Like there was Steven Bonacore from Stronghold Games, Travis Worthington from Indie Board and Card Games, whole bunch of people just playing. And it was amazing. We're just laughing, having cross conversation while people are thinking about what move and debating about what card to choose. And here's the other thing a lot of people don't realize about the original codenames. It doesn't work with codenames pictures necessarily, but the original codenames, you can have three teams. Because in code names, there's the red team and there's the blue team. But you have to be careful because there's neutral cards that are gray. But there's just as many gray cards as there are red and blue cards. So the third team could be the gray team. But one game I want to talk about that we haven't talked about previously is Fuji Flush. Because this is a really popular game at BGGCon this year, just a few weeks ago. And Fuji Flush is by Friedman Freeze, and you can kind of tell because it has FF in its title, and that's something that Friedman Freeze likes to do. For instance, Fabled Fruit is another new title that Colby Dauch talked about in our BGGCon episode, which was just last episode, episode 59. 
So what's Fuji Flush? Fuji Flush is a lot easier to play than it is to explain, but basically you have a deck of cards and they're simply numbered and they go from one to 20. But the higher the number, the fewer copies of that card there are. In fact, if memory serves me correctly, there's only one 16, one 17, 18, 19, 20. There's only one copy of 16 through 20. And then there's two 15s and then there's three 14s and so on until you get to like number two and there's just a ton of number twos. But the whole point of the game is you go ahead and you shuffle up the deck and you deal out a hand of cards and you win once you're out of cards. So how do you get rid of your card? Well, you play a card and if it's the highest ranked card, when it gets back to your turn, that card gets discarded. But if you play a card and someone else plays a higher card value than you, you have to flush, if you will, your card and throw it into the discard pile and draw back up a card. So if I played the 14 and then you played the 15, I'd have to flush my card. But what if you play a card that's lower than me? Like let's suppose I played a 14 and you played a seven. Well, any player after you, if they play a card that matches yours, they combine powers. So if you play a seven and then the player after you plays a seven, you're now basically kind of on a team together and now it counts as 14, we're tied, uh-oh. And then if a third player plays a seven, now you're at 21, I have to flush my 14. So with your powers combined, you go ahead and you can basically force the players before you to flush their cards. Here's one issue with the game that I will say. The rules say that you win the game as soon as you get rid of all of your cards, meaning there's no cards in your hand and there's no card in front of you. But the problem with this is when you're almost done with the game, you're only gonna have one card in your hand. And one of the golden rules of game design is you have to have important dynamic decisions. And quite literally, you have no decision whatsoever when there's only one card in your hand. You play that card, and you're just hoping that it's a high enough card that it will come back to you. Chances are pretty good that people know that that's your last card, so they're gonna do their best to flush that card out so you have to draw a new one. There's a real easy fix for this. Instead of dealing everyone the usual amount of like five or six cards, just deal them one extra card and the game ends as soon as you have one card left in your hand. Boom, easy fix, you're welcome. Boom, that's table talk. I gotta tell you, doing this episode on my own, it feels very masturbatory. I feel kind of dirty and I miss, I miss SBJ. I miss Sean. I miss having guests. Let's get Paul Dean back here. Let's get some other, let's get some, let's get some people. Anyway, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. We'll close this episode up. This was a zero episode. So hopefully this gave you an idea somewhat of what the show's like, but keep in mind, normally there's someone else there to bounce ideas off of and there's rapport, if you will. Couple things, keep in mind, I have to do some sales pitches. Sean said, Alan, you gotta remind our listeners, we gotta make somehow Tuesday night podcast somewhat profitable in some way. So check out two rooms in a boom. We got Necra Boomicon coming out soon on Kickstarter. And in fact, oh, this is something cool. We are sending out our Newsday night newsletter. And that's basically our company's email update that always contains a free game. Sometimes it's just a video of a folklore game that you can learn how to play, but a lot of times it's going to be a print and play game. And here's the cool thing. If you're a Tuesday knave, you probably heard us talk about Cause of Death Ghost. And that's going to be the free print and play game in this next Newsday Night update. So if you want to sign up for the Newsday Night update, go ahead and go to our website, 
TuesdayNightGames.com. That's spelled with a K. Normally, Captain Chessbeard says that, but he's dead, as we said, meaning he's not here. Anyway, check that out. Also, if you could, leave us a review on iTunes because it's listeners like you that help listeners like you find this podcast. So give us a review. That would be great. Also, if you have any questions or commentary on what we're talking about, for instance, how was this episode? Was it horrible having Alan all by himself? Or what do you think of the Zero episode? Should we keep doing them? Whatever. We will totally read them. And ideally, we'll get back to you and we'll have our interaction satisfaction segment where we read emails on this podcast. And in order to do that, you need to email us at podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. I'm Alan Girding. That's A-L-A-N-G-E-R ding. And you can find me on the tweets at Alan Girding, or you can friend me on Facebook. I'm lonely. I accept almost any friend request. If your picture is ridiculously attractive and we have no friends in common, I start to get suspicious. So then when I click on your profile and I find out that you only have one picture, I'm not going to accept your friend request, but you're probably not listening to this if that's you. But anyways, yeah, go ahead friend request me. Oh, Follow us on Twitter. We're at PlayTKG. But without further ado, thanks for listening and making it this far. This episode is. That's so weird, dude. Finished! Yeah! Whoa! Come on, SBJ. Come on back home. I need you.